Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 new year. <laughs> new year, new you. Yes, well, I feel like, you know, new year, same me. Well, no. Well, yeah, I don't know. How was your new year? My new year was great. Um, I'm finally in the house. By the way, hey, guys, happy new year. It's Mandy and Tiffany with Brown and Vision. Yes, meanwhile, I forgot. I'm so rude. I'm like, hey, Mandy, how are you? Oh, hey, Brown and Vision listeners, my bad. They might. Did you guys forget <laughs> us? We missed two episodes. I know. People were like, so where have you been? We've been here living our best life. Mandy's in the house, right? I'm in a house. Yeah. My house looks really beautiful. Um, We're like 98% done. I have realized that it's nothing like HGTV. I mean, I already realized that. But in terms of like the moment when you walk in and you've been kicked out for a week and you come in and everything is perfect, that doesn't happen in real life. Nah, brah. Uh, over the holidays, I was telling Tiff, like, I had to host my family and my husband's family, and I had no countertop, no dishwasher, no stovetop, no sink, no no what? sink in the kitchen, <laughs> no, no, no nothing, no silverware, no – because everything – because you have to understand, like, we moved into the house in April, but we never really unpacked because we knew we were going to do a renovation, and when the renovation happened, we, like, got out of there. And this is this was like us unpacking the house plus building furniture. And yours, your 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 best, you know, most smartest podcast friend here decided to plan a housewarming party for New Year's, and what? she thought that she was going to have a Christmas party. And <laughs> yeah, I still had my family over, but I had to cancel all planned functions except for you the essential it. people. You, yeah. you did what um what your um what the kids called the most. I try, but like you get so excited, it didn't seem like that big of a deal in November. My contractor was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Christmas." What he meant was Christmas. You'll have like you know we had the essentials. We we could move in and everything, but um, also just you have no idea what it takes to build. So we were building so much furniture, like the packaging. Our whole yard until today was just the backyard was filled with boxes and styrofoam, and I'm like so sorry, Mother Earth. We promised we were recycling it, but like the amount of packaging that these everything would come in from like a lamp to a you know a bed frame was insane. But I know my way around a drill gun right now. So <laughs> holler if you need any help. <laughs> that's one thing about renovating. It like you become like a semi pro. You're like, oh no, that's the installation. It really needs to be packed tightly because you're like, where did I learn these things? Yes. <laughs> if you guys yes. are doing home renovation projects, here's a free free tip is to go to pbs.org or like YouTube and watch this old house. It's the best because they actually, my husband's obsessed with it, but it's this old, it's been on the, sh- on the air for decades, but I feel like 
if you're doing any kind of home improvement, they have an episode for everything. Mm. And like just just YouTube in general. I mean, obviously not for electrical and stuff, but for little things. I mean, we learned how to do so much just from watching um, just this watching YouTube. Yeah. YouTube, sure. YouTube University in the house, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, but it was good. What did you do over the holiday? Um, my holiday was pretty chill. Like I, um, Christmas was nice. Um, hung out with my family. Um, my, my nieces, my nephew, that's like, you know, I feel like Christmas is so, um, a kid's holiday now. So Superman and I, I'm like, thank God he doesn't listen to podcast because Superman and I said, we're not going to exchange gifts. So what does that mean to you, Mandy, when you're not going to exchange gifts? You better get me something. <laughs> no! Oh, my God. So you are on his side. I was like, you said we're not going to exchange gifts. Christmas yeah. comes. He, he, he whips out this watch for me. And I'm looking at him like, oh, my God. I didn't get him anything. Okay. Awkward. Because, because we said, I must have said it like 15. So we're not exchanging gifts, right? No. Because we're working on the house. Yes. So we're not exchanging gifts. Mm-hmm. No. So you're sure. So I'm like, wait. Why is this here? I was like, so I, it was so awkward. I'm not going to lie. He had a little bit of a tude. I was like, what's your problem? He's like, nothing. I'm Were you like, with your family or just the two no, of you? No, thank you. Like, this is just, an, like, you know, um, Supergirl had opened her gifts. You know, it was upstairs, like, you know, like rolling around in all her, her new things. And I could tell he was like, here you go. I was like, oh, no. God, this I miss being 12. <laughs> I know. The best. And so. I didn't even say anything. So then I, I, and at first, honestly, I didn't think that he was going to be upset about it because I wouldn't because we, we literally just spoke about it. You had receipts probably. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So they I don't matter. You like, should have got him something. <laughs> and so the next day he still had an attitude. I'm like, what's your problem? He was like, I can't believe you didn't give me th- anything for Christmas. I was like, are you Aww. kidding? We said, he was like, we just said that to me. Everybody gives gifts. <laughs> and I was like, well, first of all, I did get you a gift. Meanwhile, Mandy, whew, I didn't, but you know what? Amazon prime is the real OG. I was like, I did get you a gift. It was just delayed because of the holidays. And he's like, you did? I was like, it'll be here tomorrow. Meanwhile, I went upstairs like, ah! You told a Christmas white lie, Tiffany. But I will say he was very happy because I, you know, he's getting his man cave in the new house. And so I got him, um, it was a great, a great deal. I got him one of those, um, those, um, refrigerator, like, um, like, you know, mini refrigerators that you can put like, you know, your sodas, your beers and all that kind of stuff, you know? Men do love their fridges. Yes. And so he loved, like, it's, it's, it was a good size. And I was like, who, thank God it, it prime was on and popping. And Lily was like, it'll be here tomorrow. I was like, your gift will be here tomorrow. So see, and he was like, yo, he loved it so much. <laughs> I mean, when I say so much, I don't even feel bad about not being truthful about it because I feel so bad because I didn't realize how important it was for him. Maybe that's his love language gifts. Oh, um, I'm all into love know? languages right now. Yeah, but I really, like, mostly, I feel like his love language is mostly acts of service, and he's usually not a big on gift receiving. That's why I was really shocked that, or maybe it's just me, because honestly, I could care less about it. I mean, the watch he got me was really beautiful, but I, if, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I just, gifts don't mean that much to me. Um, and so, like, I'm more of I mean, um, you didn't tell him that when he gave it to you, did you? No, no, I loved it. I told him okay. that it was beautiful. And I loved it. He picked it up like a really beautiful watch. And I was right. like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And I was shocked because I was like, this is not even like one of those, like, we don't, we're not giving gifts, but here's a Starbucks card. We're not giving gifts, or, or but here's some perfume. This was like, we're not giving gifts. Oh, here's a Mavada watch. I'm like, uh, really? What? <laughs> this is more than just a gift. This is like a good gift. Why? Mm-hmm. So. It was a lesson learned. I mean, he's happy now because he's got his fridge. And he was like, this is so dope. I told all my boys. So I was like, Whoo. I'm sure their wives were like, mm, she didn't get you nothing. She just worried about it. Um, but I'm glad that like 
you know, he, he um, enjoyed it. So that was my Christmas and New Year's was super awesome. His sister always has an awesome um, party at her house. She goes all out. So we had a really good time for New Year's. Must be nice <laughs> to have a party. It's okay. I still have some friends over. It's fine. It was lovely. I was going to say, we did decided not to do gifts, but we ended up getting each other gifts that were for us, but also for the house. So that is how we justified the expense. I got him a really nice craftsman toolkit that he had been literally just like just G chatting me every day. Just here's that link again. Um, I got him that and he got me um, a coffee maker. So now I can make because the biggest gripe I have about living out in the suburbs is that I can't just get out of my apartment and go downstairs and get a nice latte. Now I have to like drive to the Starbucks or drive to Dunkin Donuts and I'm so tired of spending five dollars on you know lattes so now i can do my own lattes so nice. very nice very nice so then we came back to work in reality and my husband who you know i was like maybe you shouldn't have got me a gift because now you're basically not going to get paid for work because <laughs> oh, he works honestly, for the government this government shutdown has me like i'm like i feel so anxious for folks like who i know this is not the first time they've had you know this government like you know the government has like shut down and and um federal workers have not been paid but it's i guess this is kind of like the first time that i feel like i know folks that are talking about it they're like oh my gosh like i'm not i don't know when i'm going to get my next paycheck and you know some people are home but the hard part is those people who actually still have to go to work and not get paid like yeah. TSA workers, you know, I heard that there's been this huge, like calling out, like everyone's taking their sick time, you know, like, mm, I'm not working for free. Right. Because you work and you're, you're not going to get paid, but the hope is that they'll retroactively pay you. So it's not like it's the first shutdown. That's true. My husband's worked for the federal government for over 10 years and he's gone through several shutdowns before, but he always got paid retroactively. Um, but what's making everyone nervous is that we haven't had a human man baby in the presidency before you know, holding a, holding everyone's paychecks hostage over a dumb wall. So that's yeah. why I think this one's just a little bit crazier. And uh, yeah, so my husband's worked, he's been working, he got paid, I think the Friday during the holidays, basically for the week, like for the work before the two weeks before. And now he says he's at work because he's been deemed essential. And mm. but he's not getting paid. He's like, No, I'm not working late tonight. I'm coming home because I'm not getting paid anyway. It's wow, not cool. But it's not just like workers, it's also us, right? So the IRS right now, who do you like, they're federal employees. Yes. So this is tax refund season. So there's concerns that tax refunds may not go out on time because there's not enough people, staff, and already the IRS yes. like didn't have enough people, it's, you know, yeah. in the A best of times. A friend of mine works for the IRS and he said that, um, you know, like you are going to have to send your taxes in in a timely manner, but they cannot guarantee that you're going to get your refund done in a timely manner. I'm like, wow, this is really... Like this is really a season where people kind of like reset their finances with their tax return, tax returns, you know? Yeah, um, I would like mine, please. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I don't get tax returns anymore, so I'm kind of like, well. But still, like I remember when I was teaching, how that was like, woohoo! It was a great way to like boost my savings or pay down additional debt. So it's just crazy times now. Yeah, and they're saying that um, things like. Uh, what do you call it? I almost said welfare, but you're not supposed to say that anymore, are you? I, I don't know. Can you say welfare? Welfare assistance, food stamps um, may not – like they're good for now, but they may not be good if the shutdown drags on forever. So it's not just – it's like everyone's getting screwed, working families, poor families. I mean, how – how why? It's so ridiculous. No. Um, and I don't know what the latest is, but it doesn't seem like we're anywhere closer to reaching a deal than we were 
you know, a week or two ago. So just hope that we get over this. Yes, because one thing I did see that, like, I saw this video of our current um, president, um, and he said that um, that potentially this could last a year. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like holding your own, like holding your own government hostage and withholding pay for hundreds of thousands of employees. This is, yeah, it's about 800,000 people affected. I mean, as far as directly affected and it's like, uh, how does that, you know? Yeah. That's, and and, and it's crazy because, oh yeah, it's just really crazy. Well, here's hoping. Don't try and visit any national parks. There was like this really sad photo of a national park trashed because yes. no one's there to pick up garbage. I saw that. I was like, wow. I heard DC is looking real filthy right about now. Well, I think teachers, I mean, teachers and like policemen, those are state employees, right? So they're not impacted. No, I feel like because um, my um, uh, um, my sister-in-law's husband, I think he said that he was home. I have to, I'd have to ask her. Um, but I, I, I feel like he was complaining about it as one of the people that was talking about it. And he's a, he's a police officer, but I don't think, but he also would, would be essential. So I just mm. can't see, I mean, or maybe it was her. I think maybe she works for the federal government. That's right. She works for HUD. So it's her that's home, not oh, him. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys, if you're impacted by the shutdown, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Send us, send us an email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at, uh-huh. yeah, you still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Or tweet us at the BA podcast on Twitter. Yes. So you, Miss Thang, have a what's your literature Wait. challenge for 2019? What? 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 What I do? No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> Keep going. Thought I was gonna scoop your boost. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll get to your boost. Okay. Don't you like worry. Scoop the boost. <laughs> <laughs> Not yes. gonna scoop your boost. <laughs> so I'm excited because we are. This is our fifth literature challenge. Um, we so far have had like, um, if, like not including this challenge, but collectively over the last four years before this challenge, about 700,000, mostly women, um, get free, um, financial education. The first challenge was all about the fundamentals. So like budgeting, savings, basic credit, all that kind of stuff. Um, the second challenge was the savings edition. So it was all savings. Third challenge, um, was the um, credit edition? That's the one I did with you, Mandy, and um, and um, magnify money. That was a really dope one. And oh, then we were the young fourth, then. <laughs> the fourth challenge was all about um, net worth. That was last year, and now this challenge uh, da, 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 is home the home buying edition. And so the way the challenges work, they're, they're always free. It's really like my give back to the community. So there's no excuse that, you know, you like you get all the tools that you need to help yourself in a specific kind of like genre of of financial education. And um, a lot of folks just ask me, like, how do I, you know, purchase a home? And um, I partnered with a friend of mine, Nativa Hurd. She has this company called MNH Financial Services. But what I love about Nativa is that not only is she a credit expert, like certified and all that kind of stuff, but she's also... A certified, uh, she's a realtor and she's also a certified um, home buying um, um, educator. So she works with like um, Freddie Mac and some uh, some of these other kind of like uh, federal and, and national um, like uh, financial, not financial, um, home buying education kind of like uh, uh, firms and, and, and she, she teaches around the uh, country. And so I asked her if she could come on board and help me to structure this in a way that made sense, you know? So she, she lent her expertise and it's awesome. 
the first week is all about home buying knowledge. Second week is like all about um, really like um, implementation, kind of like what what do you need to do to kind of get yourself ready? And the and, and then the third week is all about um, funding, like how do you um, what like what types of funding are out there, and like what's the best fit for you. And so even if you you might not be ready to buy a house right now, which is fine, but it's almost like having it's like a first time home buyer class that you could take at the in the like the privacy of your own home. It's uh, three weeks. Um, the the emails are delivered directly to your inbox. Um, you can just go to LRC for Literature Challenge, LRChomebuying.com, and it's completely free. It's like I said, this is a and for some people who are like I don't I'm not interested in home buying, but you talked about the other ones, net worth, credit, savings, fundamentals. You can just go to LiveRicherChallenge.com, and all of them are listed. And just take one. It's a great beginning of the year kind of like reset. And so that's why we always do it in the beginning of the year. And so those are automated. We're currently doing the home buying edition live and then we, we automate it after. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's where, my way. where were you two years ago? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I know, for myself too. Shoot. <laughs> but it's just good because like some things I'm like, I'm learning even myself. That's the thing about like me. I'm like, I'm not an expert in all things. Like I know what I'm good at and I try to stick to that. And then I, my friends who are, I bring them along and I'm like, well, can you can you show folks how to do this? And I've never gotten to know yet. And um, what I love about it is that you really get to learn like everyone you need on your team. You're like, oh, a realtor. Oh, I need a you know um, maybe a mortgage lender. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna need potentially like you know like uh, well, definitely you're gonna want somebody to inspect the home and these things that you can get ahead of time and. Too like you know there might be a teacher next door program or a police officer next door program that you might qualify for. What's NACA? You know, and so knowing all of the funding resources that are out there and what you need to do to be prepared. Um, so one of the things that Natifa, because she teaches, like I said, for like Freddie Mac and and um, some of these other organizations, is that like um, that her students always come back to her and tell her that their lenders, like you, are like the one of the most prepared people I've ever seen. Like all of your stuff is in order because. The way she teaches is to make sure that all of your stuff is in order. So when you do go, you are likely to, you know, to, to get approved. I've, I've seen people find a house, get really excited, get a pre-approval letter, only not to be able to close because at the end, you know, they didn't have their paperwork done or they really could not. Their finances just didn't match what what the, the lender felt comfortable um, lending. So, yeah, yeah, that's what this is for. So and Yeah. You don't have to be ready right now just for people who are just even interested in learning. I'm interested in learning more about like the tax implications of homeownership, especially now with all the tax changes from last year finally going into effect. Like I think my next move is to get a new accountant Um, because I had like a tax preparer before, which was like very simple because we just had like W-2s and, you know, nothing else to really account Mm -hmm. for. And now I'm thinking, you know, we just did this big renovation. We've did a lot of waste. We've we've made a lot of improvements to the house that save on energy costs and things like that. But what I'm not sure about, I'm not asking you for like an answer because I know. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying maybe maybe other people are wondering too, uh, with the, with the standard deduction for tax filers having gone up. What that means basically is it's made now it makes less sense for you to itemize things like yeah. charitable deductions and the cost of installing new windows on your house or whatever. But I'm wondering now if we've made enough improvements to the house that it makes sense for us to itemize. And if we do itemize, it would be our first time. And especially, I think this is our first time filing as a married couple. I can't remember um, if we did last year or not. No, I think this might be the first year. So yeah, what does all that mean? And last year we ended up owing taxes. I'm just like, I'm going into this. I want to like prepare and get interviewing accountants now just to get on the ball. 
No, that's, I mean, it's, it's critical because I mean, I, thankfully I had my accountant for the businesses, but you know, he doesn't just do my business. He does, you know, my, my personal, um, taxes as well. So just sitting, you know, I remember when he sat down with us and, you know, was, we were kind of going back and forth. Do we file married filing, um, separately married filing jointly? Like, do we, do we like claim, you know, he, um, Superman has a, has a daughter, my bonus daughter, Supergirl. Like, do we claim her? So there were all of these. So what I loved about Carlos, our accountant, is that he ran all the scenarios, like, you know, with the house, without a house, with Supergirl, without Supergirl, all of these things, and and came up with how, like, which one was going to give us the best tax benefit, you know? And we came up with, like, the perfect mix. And so that's what, versus the tax prepared, that's what your accountant can do. Is to really, because with the, uh, typically with the tax prepared, like, I remember I used to go to, like, H&R Block, but I stopped because they were like charging me per page, you know, and it was like, oh, by the time they were done, I'm like, that's my whole refund. Um, and so with Carlos and with most accountants, it's kind of just like a lump sum. And they're they're not just advi- like, you know, they're not just running your taxes. They're giving you advice, you know. So Carlos, you know, will give me like advice based upon changes that are happening. Like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this house? And you said you bought another one. And what does that mean? And are you guys renovating? All of these questions that seemed like small talk. Because I'm always thinking to myself, me and Carlos were like talking. And I'm like, yeah. And then, because I'm thinking we're chit-chatting like friends. But what he's doing is is extracting information from my taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm having a therapy session. And Carlos was like, oh, hmm, that will affect your taxes in this way. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you don't care about um how my renovations are going? He's like, oh, that's nice. But that's how it's going to affect your taxes. So yes, getting yourself, once your taxes get to be a little bit more complicated, getting yourself a really good accountant. There's actually a, a website that Carlos told me about because people always ask me um, about if they can if they can um, hire him. And he's honestly not taking on uh, new clients, but I am going to get you the link. It is, um, he was like, you know, going on here and, you know, um, basically doing your own research. Let me find it. Where is the Carlos? I know, right? <laughs> now it's like, it's like I'm under pressure. I'm like, it's here. I swear it is. No, don't do this to me. Carlos. I'll edit this out to be less okay, excruciating. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't find it. Of course I can't find it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was just looking at it yesterday. Like, oh, this is, yeah. I think I'll keep it in. It's, it's funny enough. <laughs> It's like A S P. Wait, A I C P A, A S P A S C P A, or something like that. Well, the American um, Institute of CPAs um, is the big national organization. Yeah, they have a tool online where you can like locate CPAs in yeah. your area and find them. Yeah, yeah, we interview their experts all the time. Well, there you go. So yeah, so he was just like, you know, looking there, interviewing someone, because you really want someone, it's almost like your doctor, you want someone that you're going to feel very comfortable sharing kind of like your, you know, your background, your history, the mistakes that you made, you know, so that way they can really advise you based upon like what's really happening in your life, you know? Yes, 100%. I am ready. Mm -hmm. It's happening. My other resolution is just to actually go to a doctor. Speaking of which, I did not go to a single medical professional in 2018. Why? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just kept saying, I think I might've tried to go to the gynecologist, but I think what happened was I went, this might've been last year or the year, but I'm pretty sure it must've been this year. I went to my gynecologist and if you guys are in a busy city, maybe you have this experience, but I made an appointment. I went, they made me wait an hour and a half and I still wasn't seen and I had wow. to go back to work. Okay. So I left and I did make a follow-up appointment, but then I did not go. <laughs> And I'm not, I mean, I'm, it's very serious. I should go to a doctor. 
uh, yeah, I have, I was like, man, I'm just like wasting the money I was spending on insurance. What if, you know, I, I managed to spend, I did go, cause you know, I save money in my flex savings account and I only at my company, it's different from every employer, but at my company, they let us roll over $500, but I still had, you know, like a few hundred dollars to spend. So, you know, I got some new glasses and some okay. stuff at the drugstore, but I need to go to the doctor. I'm going to do it. Why do I it's feel like you make me feel bad? <laughs> you know, and I said, I'm not going to lie. I was really never really like a doctor person. Um, but this year I went to the doctor a lot, I guess, because in preparation for trying to have a kid. But I found myself as a doctor a lot. So it, it just got easier because I was always, uh, honestly, the, the reason I used to not go is just for the economics of it. I was, um, you know, an entrepreneur that wasn't making a bunch of money. So I was like, this cold will go away by itself. I, I'm i pretty sure, you know, yeah. like, you know, this mole looks it it looks benign, you know. <laughs> you know okay, like, you didn't have a mole. I know, I know <laughs> but I'm just saying. Like, I remember one time. The only time I actually went is like I dyed my own hair, and I didn't realize I was allergic to black dye, and my whole head. Sw- <gasps> it's yes, Manny. My mother was like, "Do you want to die?" Because I was like, "I was like, I don't have money for the emergency room." She was like, "I sent her a picture. It looked like. Do you remember the movie Mask with like um mm, Jim Carrey? No, no, no. Oh wow, you are so young. Aww." <laughs> Wait, what other one is there? <laughs> oh I was like, it turned your head green? What? Where is this going? <laughs> no. Mask is with, um, um, oh, what is her name? Um, uh, Cher. The ma- I want you to Google it. Look up the Mask movie with Cher. And she had a son. Eric Stoltz was his, but his name was Rocky Dennis in the movie. And his face, like literally, that's what my face looks like. I want you to Google it so you can take a look. You're going to be like, no. Uh, I don't want to. Oh, my God. Him? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I wasn't born when this came out. Sorry. It's hilarious because you you said with Jim Carrey. Oh my goodness. So like that's how my face looked for those of you who are doing the Google search. Your face? It was because it, it, it was it was so swollen. But so I read later that there's a sector of the population that is severely allergic to black dye. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to do a test and I didn't. And so my face blew up like that. It was just all liquid underneath. I could feel it. And and I was like, it'll go away. It'll go away. So I ended up walking to the emergency room. I went and they were like, you're having an allergic reaction. I'm like, no kidding. And they gave me basically a glorified Benadryl and then gave me a prescription, which I thought was like a prescription. And so I go to the pharmacy and they basically said, uh, Benadryl is in the aisle. $800 later, I was alive. Okay. You're not helping us make a case for healthcare, Tiff. (laughs) You're not. One good thing was that, and this is what I learned, I didn't know that you could negotiate your um your bill. And so that's what I learned with that because I owed 800 but I didn't have 800 And I remember it was like, you know, like they sent me like the pink envelope. That's like the envelope you get right before collections. And um, my brother-in-law, he uh, was in medical school. He's like, no, you should call and negotiate, you know. So I called and I was like, look, I don't have $800. They're like, well, what do you have? And I'm like, mm, 400 And they said, okay, we'll take it. I was like, oh, wait, 200 They're like, no. <laughs> Listen, like medical bills, definitely negotiate. Definitely. I didn't know that. So I negotiated down. And so, yeah, but it was a it was a lesson learned. And like, I really was not planning on going to the doctor. My mother's like, your face doesn't even look recognizable. So you're, you're, you're okay. going to, you know, so it's just important for you to go to the doctor. I guess that's why I haven't gone because nothing's really happened. I'm pretty healthy, but I have gained weight this year. I think that's just, I know why, because I've just been like not living a normal life. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to do all of it. I'm going to go to the dentist. I'm going to go to the gynecologist. I'm going to, I need to find new doctors in my area. I think that's also part of it when you know, when you move and like you have to find all new 
medical professionals. Like, I think I'm actually going to, I'm done with ZocDoc because it's just like, you know, I feel like I've had a hodgepodge of medical professionals over the last eight years living in New York. I'm like, which one's closer to my job now, you know, and just flipping. But I think it'd be good just to have like a dedicated primary care physician and take care of myself in 2019. Hold me accountable on it, guys. Tweet me in three months. If I haven't gone to a doctor, I'll pay some. I'll pay money to a charity. I don't know. Yes. I mean, you can pay toward my renovation, but, you know, that's just putting it out there. You are, you are right. You are right. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is all good. See, like, New Year's is such a great time to reset. So these are good resetting things. For me, for New Year, like, I didn't really... I mean, I have some like business goals, but really like my big, like kind of like personal goal is really like, like just continuing to build on relationships, like, you know, being a good wife, being a good sister, good daughter, you know, good friend and just making sure a good um, bonus mom and like really just trying to solidify my relationships and just making sure I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm present and I'm here. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. These are our questions. That's all I'm going to say because everyone hates when I mess up the lyrics. I got your messages. We're going to bring that into 2019. We're going to bring that jingle. (laughs) Okay. Just the first part. These are our questions. (laughs) All right. To kick off the new year, we got a couple of good questions from some listeners. Let's start with listener Veronica. Okay. Veronica says, my name is Veronica. Good place to start. And I want to say I absolutely love your podcast. It, get, it brings me life. Um, since I started listening to you guys, my credit score is now 701. Hey, no. Look at you. And I think it's hilarious that Tiffany still doesn't know your social media handles. Mm. <laughs> 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 mind your business. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a question. Okay, on to the question. I am currently using a brick and mortar a bank, BOA, the worst. I have been, she says, not my, that was her words, not mine. I have been researching online banks and I really like what Ally has to offer. Hmm, sounds familiar. But I am scared to transfer all my money to an online bank, I guess because of the familiarity I have with Bank of America and the easy access. Do you ladies still use a brick and mortar bank in addition to banking online for your regular everyday checking and savings accounts? Would you suggest switching to a credit union and having an online bank in addition to that? There are so many options, and I would like some advice. Thank you in advance. Veronica, a loyal fan. Aw, thanks, Veronica. Vero, that's why I used to call my best friend back in the day. Vero, uh, yeah, so I actually believe in having three. I like to have a credit union because if I'm going to borrow, best place to get the best rates. I have an online-only bank because that's where I keep my savings. I don't even have a checking account there because I like to keep my... um 
my savings far away from my checking because then they become the same thing. And then I, I use my brick and mortar for like basically like checking like bills and and like where I get a lot of my deposits. So yeah, I have a brick and mortar. I use, ugh, I mean, I hate to say, but we know. I use a bank. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, so, but it's a brick and mortar, very similar to your bank. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those three. I actually, I like that because I, I like having a bank that, um, no matter where I am and kind of in the country, I have access to my funds. Um, and like, um, like I said, the credit union is great for savings as well as, um, borrowing money and then definitely online for, for savings because it makes your money slightly inconvenient if you don't have a checking at that same bank. So I say go for it and, and add, you know, have those three in the mix. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's not an all or, it's not an all or nothing thing. But when it comes to she mentions being afraid of transferring her money to an online bank. And I mean, as ter- in terms of being afraid, online banks, as long as they say they're FDIC insured are equally as safe as a brick and mortar bank, just because there's a storefront doesn't make it any less safe. In fact, I would argue it's less safe because it has a brick and mortar location that could just shutter at any moment because that's the trends that we're seeing in big banks is that it's getting too expensive to keep those physical mm. branches. So they're they're shutting them down um, and they're trying to compete now with the online bank. So yeah, I'm a, I, have an, um, I have an ally savings account. I recently opened a checking account because it gave me the ability to write checks um, so I like that and it's easy to transfer funds back and forth. I still have a big bank account that I use, um, and I forget why I opened it, but it used to be nice before I realized that ally refund, I used to like it because, you know, it was nice to have a big bank that I knew I can go to an ATM and access cash for free. Back then I used cash a lot more often than I do now. And also since then, it's even less of a reason to stick with the bank because Ally and some online banks will offer a reimbursement up to a certain amount for your ATM fees if you go, you know, out of network, which you have to because they don't have a network of ATM fees. So I could swipe my Ally, I can I take my Ally checking card and you know, I take it to the bodega to get money out and then I get a refund for like the two or three dollar fee or whatever it is. I think it's up to Fifteen dollars, but check the terms. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan. Credit unions, though, I don't. I haven't had a credit. I'm still mad at Georgia Federal or what is it? Georgia Telco Credit Union. My friends, they still have like fifty dollars that is trapped in a, an old checking account that I had way back in college because I can't remember my damn password. Are you kidding? No, and like I have to. I, I think at this point that my account's been deleted, and I've tried to call multiple times, and I, I need like a phone password. And I cannot for the life of me figure out what 19-year-old Dandy thought was a good phone password. <laughs> I mean, you're not using what everybody else is using the year of their birth? I will, I'll try that next. I don't know. I have no idea. I have to like go physically to a branch in Georgia, which I don't live there anymore. So uh, they got my money, but I'm coming for it. Every They still, yeah, send, me a, they still send me account statements. It's really shady. Really? Yes. It's the piece you're like, ooh, many you wish. Ooh, many, yeah. you know. It's like, give me that $50 down. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. annoying. Anyway, thanks for your question, Veronica. That was a good one, even with the little shade about Because you're right, I don't remember our social media handles. I was trying to wiggle out of it when I was telling you to um, send your – um. I was like, oh, darn it, I don't remember them. So we're here now. It's okay. We don't have we an Instagram. It. We don't take messages there. That's when I remember. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. It'll never change. We've been doing this how many years? I know. It's okay. You guys know how to Google. You can find us. Exactly. All right. And here's a question from Paulette. It's a good question for the new year if you're trying to rebuild your credit. She says, 
does it make sense to get a secured credit card if you already have a regular credit card? And how will getting a secured credit card plus having existing credit cards affect my credit and my credit score? Paulette. Well, first, I'll, maybe I'll describe what a secured credit card is and then Amanda, you can kind of give some advice. So a secured credit card, I like to say, is like a credit card with trading wheels, right? So it's really secure. So every credit card is secured in some way. Like, so like a regular credit card, it's like, that's the bank's money. So every time you swipe your regular credit card, you're borrowing money. So next time you're at Wendy's, you are officially borrowing money for that chicken sandwich. But with a secured card, they're like, mm, we don't trust you that much because your credit is either like, you really don't have much credit. So maybe you're super young or you're just someone who never borrowed any money or your credit's not very good. And so they're like, we don't trust you. So we're not going to let you loan. We're not going to loan you money through your credit card when you swipe. Instead, we want you to secure that card with your own money. Anywhere from $300 is the lowest that I've seen, upwards of like $1,000. Um, so you put that money up. They put it like in a, like a, um, like a basically a glorified savings account, a money market account for you. And um, they give you the card. And it, let's just say you put up $300. Your limit on the card is $300. And so... You swipe away, pay back, swipe away, pay back. I've seen um, that like as, as as short as six months of using the card wisely, if it's with the bank um, that actually has a, you know, that also offers an unsecured credit card that they can say, like, for example, Wells Fargo, um, they can say, hey, you've been doing so well with the secured card. We are going to make it an unsecured card like everyone else. And we're going to give you back your $300. Um, and so that's basically what it is. Typically secured cards are for people who are wanting to grow their, um, their, um, credit, um, history, but don't have access to a normal credit card typically. So, but what do you think about having both? Mandy? Yeah, I don't see a problem at all, especially if you've had credit in the past and your score is low and you're looking to rebuild, but you can't get qualified for any new cards um, or you don't trust yourself with regular credit cards and you just want the training wheels back on and you want to just take out a secured card to build some good credit history. Um, I don't think if you have a credit card and you also have a secured card, there should be much, if any, impact um, to your credit score. As long as you are using the secured card, secured card properly and making your payments on time, your score should improve. And as long as the existing credit cards that you have, you know, let's say that there's nothing charged on them and you're not carrying a balance from month to month um, or getting paid, you know, paying interest, then yeah, it shouldn't be hurting your credit. If you've had credit cards in the past that you've been really delinquent on and that's still on your credit report, that's just going to have to take time to fall off your report. So the secured card behavior will count as good behavior, but the old credit card behavior won't really leave you. You have to wait that seven-year period to have it finally drop off your report. But as Tiffany always says, um, you know, when, when they're calculating your credit scores, they're looking at, yes, they look at the past, you know, several years of history, but what's happened most recently tends mm -hmm. to have a bigger impact. So the, the negative impact of that older history of yours will diminish with time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So the, the, the short, the, the short answer is that's fine. Um, you don't have to, I mean, you can, you can use your current credit card wisely, you know, meaning like, so the best way, like I found to use a credit card that like, you're like, okay, I really need to raise my credit score is that if you pay it off, if it's close to being paid off, that would be awesome. Pay it off and then put something really nominal on it, something under 50 bucks. So maybe like gym membership or I don't know, maybe like a magazine membership or something, um, subscription. And then you, um, 
you leave the card home, let the membership charge the card automatically, and then from your bank account, set up an automatic payoff. Um, just call the card company and say, what is the statement date? Like basically, when do you issue me my statement? So you know to pay after the statement date, meaning after they've recorded the card has been used, but before the due date or by the due date. So there's like a window there of like, hey, what was her name again? Paulette. Paulette. Hey, Paulette. Paulette's used the card, credit bureaus. So they've recorded that because you don't want to pay it off so quickly that they show that you've never used the card. So if you do that, and so I did that once when I when my car, my score had dropped from like an 802 to like a, a 547 after um after um my foreclosure and the recession. So I did that with two cards. Like I had two cards that already had a zero balance because I had like a bunch of cards because I was wilding out here in these streets. Um, but I had two that had a zero balance because I had done a um I had done one of those rollovers and I kept the cards open. Um, it's because I was I wanted to pay down my debt, so I rolled it over to cards that had less um, um a lower interest rate and so my credit score j- dropped dramatically like soon after that because i had a foreclosure and i was like you know what with these two cards uh, my friend who was a bankruptcy lawyer i had asked him like what do you usually tell your clients and he was like you know tiffany just charge something really small leave the card at home and then pay the card off in full so i did that with two cards and by it took about a year and that some change it took a while um, but I was, I like, I think maybe a year. It, it, I, I went to a seven fifty, but that's with an active foreclosure on my on my credit report. And so, mm-hmm. and now I'm back in the eight hundreds. Yeah, I mean, if you have an existing card and you trust yourself to use it, then just do exactly that. You don't have to open a secured card, but maybe you're opening a secured card for another reason that makes sense to you. So, but um, as long as you use both wisely, then it will be all fine. My neighbor's name is Paulette, by the way. I keep thinking about that. <laughs> hey, Paulette. Good old Paulette. All right. Thank you guys for your questions. Again, hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com or shoot us an email. Blah, 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 blah. Or shoot us an email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or yes, you can go to Instagram at brownambitionpodcast on Instagram or on Twitter at the BA podcast. By the way, yes. who's contacted Miss What's-Her-Face who owns the Brown Ambition Twitter handle? Can we talk to her? Can we get it, please? It's been three years. Like, yeah. She's not using it. Oh, <laughs> I just got an update. It said the White House says the IRS will issue tax refunds during the government shutdown. We'll okay. see. Okay. Oh, yeah, right? We'll see. We'll see. Side eye. I mean, to be fair, that's according to the Shade Room. So I don't know how. Really Listen. Like okay, it. Tiff. You should have qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> So now it's time for a boost and a break and a boost and a break. I have been waiting for this time. Do you have a boost or a break? Why are you going to make me go first so you can just stomp all over mine with your way better boost? <laughs> you I'll never go- know. You might, you might have a break. I'll go first and keep it quick. So I was just going to boost. You know. <laughs> it's not like I have legislation under my name, but I was going to boost um, certificates of deposits because I don't think they get enough uh, credit as savings vehicles. So I would like to do a shout out for CDs. Um, so if you have money in savings and a regular savings account, and you are looking to earn even more on your savings, online banks especially offer pretty good CD rates these days. And I took a risk because the thing with CDs is that you lock up your money for a certain amount of time, like three months or six months or 12 months up to five, seven, 10 years. So for me, we, a year ago, we decided we weren't going to need a certain amount of money 
and we could put it into a one-year CD that earned, at the time, um, almost a full percentage point more than my regular savings earned. Or is that okay. true? Half a percentage point more? Um, so we put it into a CD, and it just matured this past couple of weeks. And it was so great to actually for it to work and to see that I've earned more money than had I just left it in my regular savings account even. So if you guys are like me and Tiff and you like to hoard cash, um, (laughs) (laughs) yes, right. A CD is like a baby step up. You're not putting the money in the market and risking it. So, you know, CDs are still under FDIC insurance. Um, you won't lose your principal if the bank goes under. So, um, yeah, CDs, I recommend if you have money that like you've got your emergency fund saved, you you have money in case of emergency in a regular liquid savings account, and you have a little bit of extra money, like let's say you're saving for, ooh, for like Tiffany, for saving for a house, like a down payment, it's a great way to save, put some money away into a CD. And then maybe if you're looking to buy a house in you know, a year, two years, three years, then it can be a nice way to earn more on your money over that time. Um, with the caveat that when you get a CD, you're like locking in the rate. So you do want to pay attention to what's happening with rates right now. Rates have been going up. Um, so you may not want to lock up your money in a CD for too, too long if the Fed decides to keep raising rates. Because when they raise rates, usually savings accounts and CDs, you'll see deposit accounts have higher rates too. And you don't want to be stuck with like the 2019 rate when the rates are higher in like 2022, yeah. you know? So exactly. uh, that's my boost. Okay, you go. so you guys know a couple of years ago it's been three years actually i mean so 2015 a friend of mine um her name was um angela b mcknight she reached out to me she had just become the new assemblywoman for in um in jersey city i think it's like the 35th or the 31st district and she reached out and was like i'm the new assemblywoman I really want to create change right away. Um, I want to get some law passed. I, I want to focus on education. And I said, okay. And so she was like, you know, obviously Tiffany, she, she had taken my financial education class at the United Way. That's how we met. And she was like, I thought it was great. Um, I'd love to talk to you about what would that look like maybe in the school system? So we met and I told her, you know, there's already a law in place for high school. And she was like, okay, I didn't know that. And I said, yeah. And I said, honestly, I really believe the financial education start should start as young as um, elementary school and middle school. And she was like, okay. And we met at Starbucks, like I said, December 2015. And um, she got her staffers to work to to look up the law for high school and all of that, that it meant and to start to gather information of what we were going to need for to write the um, the bill for the piece of legislation for the um for our bill. So we did all of that. Um she got we got a little bit of pushback from some um New Jersey administrators and educators. Um because and and it was great because I got to meet with them. She's like, you know, they're coming to my office. I'd love for you to meet with them because we really need to get them on board. And so I did and I understood their um their pushback and their friction because they were just like me when I was a teacher. I was like, oh here we go. Another new piece of legislation for people who don't know anything about education and they're making it harder for me to be a successful classroom teacher. Um, and, um, but I told them that, no, that I believe in integration versus like stopping the educational day and creating space and time. And so, um, they were like, wow, this is, you know, this is really good. So what we did is we crafted the, the bill to really talk about, you know, that like, like integrating financial education in um, elementary and middle school, not saying stop, it's financial education time. For example, like um, 
books that like, so if you're going to order a hundred books, maybe five of them are, are based in financial education. Um, I, when I was teaching preschool, I taught for over 10 years. I, um, I had a, um, we did like a penny drive every year with the kids. And, and then every, every week when we had the penny drive, the kids got to count the pennies and talk about who we were going to give the money to. So like really integrating or like doing savings boxes. So for art, we, we always did art. We always did like a major art project once a week. And so we would do sometimes like a, uh, like they would bring in a shoebox from home. We would cut out pictures of things they wanted to save for. And what that looked like, um, even like for like as little as three years old, I would, every preschool classroom has like a job chart where the kids do jobs around the classroom. Um, most of them anyway. And, um, so I used to pay the kids like at three and four, like I would give them monopoly money, $1 if they did a good job, $2 if they did a not so great, $2 if they did a great job and no dollars if they didn't do anything. Right. Cause you know, and then they got to save it in their savings box. And at the end of the week, they got to spend it in our school store. So all of these things are integrations versus buying new materials, stopping, all of it will require with some training for teachers to learn how best to integrate into their classroom. So anyway, we got all of this information back, wrote this bill based upon integration, thought it was so great. It went through the, the committee. Um, it went to the House. It went to the Senate. It had bipartisan um, acceptance across the board, got to Governor Christie's desk right when. So he, you know, he wasn't um, going to be the government anymore. So he was on his way out and um, got to his desk and she, um, you know, spoke with him briefly. It was like, you know, please, this bill is on your desk. Please, please sign it. You know, um, but he had like, I'm sure like hundreds of bills on his desk. He didn't sign it. So they call that a pocket veto. This was about a year ago. And so that just I means he didn't that. say no. I feel no. like we've been following yeah. this for, how long has oh, it been Forever. Now? Three years? It's been, this is three years. This is as long as the podcast has been running. For real. You're right. And it was so disappointing because, you know, because, you know, you work so hard. I remember like, I mean, I, and there were times when she wanted me to come to testify in front of Senate, but I couldn't because I, you know, I was, I was somewhere else in the, out of state, but Angela really put in so much work on, you know, Assemblywoman um, um, McKnight. And so it was so disappointing. We were like, yes, it's finally here. And it's not, you know, but it's honestly such a, it was actually like, almost like, almost like a blessing that he didn't sign it. So now we have a new mayor, Governor Phil Murphy, um, same thing. This was a little faster. So Angela did the same, like, you know, it was the big, bill, went through the committee, the Senate, the House, all of that. There was pushback. She had to edit the bill to exclude elementary school and just say middle school. So sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. They felt more comfortable with that. So she said, okay, brought it all the way, got to the governor's desk. Not only did they say, we're going to sign it, but we're going to get it a signing ceremony. So normally bills are signed every day. You get an email saying, hey, your bill was signed. It's a law now. But this was like a ceremony and they let Angela pick the school and Angela picked the school in New Jer in Jersey City, called the um the President Barack Obama School, which I thought was so awesome. She actually helped to rename that school, and so she picked the school. All these amazing students came, and what was even more amazing? So Angela, she's Brown Ambition personified. Me, I'm Brown Ambition, right? Then then uh, Governor Phil Murphy wasn't um I don't know where he was able to to or, or I don't know if he's on vacation or if he's out of state or whatever. So they had. Um, Sheila, Sheila Oliver, which is the, she's the first black woman, Lieutenant governor. And so she signed the bill. So here are all these Brown women and black women on stage. The president of the school, not the president, the um, principal of the school was a, um, is a, uh, is a black woman. And it just was like, so like, if you look at the pictures, you're like, wait, what's happening? It's just all this beautiful brownness. And, uh, 
So I remember, so we, we they had us all come on stage. So one, Angela just gave me like the, the dopest shout out when it was her turn to speak. My mom came. I told her last minute, like the night before. Mm. I was like, you know, and she was, it's such a type of thing that you forget to tell your mom. And then she finds out later and is livid. <laughs> um, you know, so she came. Um, my best friend, Drina, came. Um, my friend, Rihanna, and her daughter, She her daughter was home from school. She wasn't feeling... Um, well, for a couple of days, but she was feeling a little bit better, but still had one more day off. And she was like, I want her to come see this. Olivia is, is um, eight. So she's like, I want her to see history being made. So all of us standing on stage. And then, so, you know, Lieutenant Governor Sheila, Sheila Oliver, I'm like making the hand motion, signs the bill and said, it is officially now law. That was January 3rd, 2019. What an awesome way to start the year. So now, but 2000. So what's so awesome about it is that it takes place or goes into effect um, for the um, the most upcoming school year, which is September 2019. So that means in the state of New Jersey, all of New Jersey middle school students, there's going to be a requirement of integration of financial education. So something that's not going to be a heavy lift for the teachers, but it's going to start the conversation of financial education in the classroom as young as sixth grade. And so we're going to go back to, to, to write another bill to, to, to get that elementary school. Cause I really believe that elementary school needs to be included as well. So I got, um, 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 legislators from uh, Washington and, and Maryland hit me up saying they wanted to do this. When I was in Texas, the, uh, the governor's wife, we were talking about it and she was like, when this goes through in New Jersey, hit me up. Cause I want to do this in Texas. So it's just an amazing thing. And I'm hoping this is going to ripple outward to other, um, to other States. And that's what we're hoping for. You're like the best. <laughs> so I'm like, literally, so, so for those, because some people are like, want to look it up, it's A1414. So if you just Google New Jersey bill or New Jersey law A1414, it comes up. But I like to call it the budget needs law, though you're not going to see that on there. Just know that that's my name for it. We know what it's called. <laughs> um, but yeah, so honestly, it's. It's surreal to think like, you know, one day when I have my little one and they're like coming home with like financial literacy homework. And I'm like, you know, your mom did that, right? They're like, whatever. Mom. I'm like, no, for real, I did do that. <laughs> when they're watching that same old cartoon, I'm just a boo. You're going to be like, well, pause that. <laughs> yeah. So it's just awesome to like really make lasting change happen, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know personally, but you do. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's so exciting, especially because we've heard the progress for a long time listeners. If you guys remember, like heard you talk about this for so long. And it's so, yeah, it's exciting to see you win, my friend. Yeah, I just like, like I said, I like it to me, I played a really small part. Angela, like all of the all of the legislative like maneuvering you have to do. It was really such a civic lesson. I was like, wow, this is all it takes. And Angela, I mean, if you get a chance to Google Assemblywoman Angela V. McKnight, because I was telling my dad about it. My dad's like the smartest man I know. And he was like, wow, when I told him about the law, he's like, do you know how many legislators and how many people in government who could get law passed never in their whole legislative career ever get a law passed? This is like her third or fourth law, Mandy. She's only been in in office like three or four years. I tell you. That's amazing. The tide. Have you seen like all the the posts from like the new class in Congress getting sworn in and like yes, all the women, women of color. I mean, I know all the crap happening in the country right now, but it is so like it galvanized. It like gives me hope yes. all over again. So that's amazing. And I just love that she's championing things that people would not normally like. She just got a law passed for I don't know if hair braiding is huge in New York and New Jersey. So for, for those of you listening, um, it might be huge in, in your city as well. But especially in really urban cities, hair braiding is huge. But the problem is, is they were 
treating hair braiders like cosmetologists. And they, they were making them having to go to school, and which is about $20,000 to get all of these certifications that they didn't need for hair braiding. Yeah. And so Angela like worked and it seemed like such a small thing, but it wasn't because what it meant was, was that women who had started these businesses, like, you know, like hair braiding shops, they were kind of operating illegally. They couldn't grow. They couldn't advertise because if they did and they came to their shop and they said, where's your cosmopolitan certificate? And you don't have one, even though you're not washing hair, you're not dying hair, you're not cutting hair, you're not anything. You're just literally braiding. And so she got a law passed to say that hair braiders no longer in New Jersey, no longer have to have, um, have to have a cosmopolitan degree. They instead just have to have an OSHA certificate. Certificate. And OSHA is just like um the protective arm to make sure you're treating your employees correctly and stuff like that. So how like that's I mean it seems like such a small thing, but like this is going to transform those women's lives that they can they can operate openly and legally and and really grow their businesses because now they're not required to get this like the certificate that has nothing to do with what they're doing. And I just love Angela for that. She is always looking for ways to, to like, how are everyday people struggling and how do I make their lives better? And like I said, that's like, that was, this is like her third law, a third law only being in, 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 in office for, for three years. Like that's incredible. Like she, she's incredible, you know? So it was a pleasure to work with her. Well, hopefully it's just the beginning, my friend. Amen. Well, congratulations. That is a good way to start the year. Right? You know. Just I got my countertops. You got your bill passed. <laughs> We're doing okay. A year ago, you didn't have a budget needs to bill. A year ago, I didn't have countertops. So, hey. <laughs> like, We're doing okay. Perspective. <laughs> we would love to hear, honestly, from you guys. Like, so how is your year? Like, I mean, I know you're going to give us your resolutions, but how is your year going? I know it just started, but... Share something good, you know, so let's set the tone for an awesome, awesome new year. Positive vibes only. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.